Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast network. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. It's the weekend. Minicamp is done. The Steelers are in the wind there. They're going on vacation. They're, they're, they're doing whatever they can before they got to report to training camp in St. Vincent College, what we think might be St. Vincent College in late July. Dale, first of all, what kind of sigh of relief do you get at this part of the year just when you're kind of like, okay, well, at least there's we, you know that there's not going to be any events that you have to cover for at least a month? None, because if I do have to cover stuff at this point, that means something bad happened. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there's no relaxing or anything. You just kind of wait and see. Yeah, that's that is the nature of the beast. And we get to create content without anything new happening for a month. Yay. Um, but still coming out of minicamp, you know, it's football in shorts. It's not it doesn't weigh into the season nearly as much as many people will make it seem. But a few things to glean from what's what happened at minicamp and what people were talking about. Dale, there were a lot of Steelers who spoke positively about Dwayne Haskins. Now I do realize this is because people kept asking about Dwayne Haskins, but it did seem like there were at least, you know, like everyone seemed very good to very happy to have, to, to have him on the team and things like that. I just, I, I, I keep kind of telling people like, yeah, it wasn't a bad thing to sign him in the first place because it cost them, you know, next to nothing, but it's also not a guarantee that he's your future or anything like that. It's just, Hey, you got another arm going into camp. This is a reclamation project. The Steelers have had a couple reclamation projects, not at quarterback, but at other positions who have been first round picks um, and have become role players. What was, what's your take just kind of hearing, how like, you know, Tomlin's like, I'm getting to know the guy and, and people, the different comments we heard all through minicamp about what Dwayne Haskins was doing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's, there's nothing to lose here. Um, I know some people were, were questioning me on, on our message board saying, well, Dale, you said that uh, you weren't, you weren't in favor of the Steelers going out and getting Dwayne Haskins when he was on the trade market. Right. I was not in favor of them trading picks to go get Dwayne Haskins. They didn't need to. Um, I still am not sold on him as a player. I didn't love him coming out of school. Um, you know, you prefer your quarterback in these day and in, in this time age to be a little more mobile. Um, and that's not his strong point, no, but he had, but he has a big arm. Um, you know, you worry about, uh, you know, some of the decision-making, but he was a good decision-maker in college, only through eight interceptions his last year at Ohio state. Some of that was because he was playing with guys who were way better than everybody else they were playing against. Uh, I'm just taking a wait and see uh, attitude here as the Steelers are, um, you know, he has to make the roster first. These people who are penciling him in, yeah. Oh, he's, he's going to be the number two ahead of Mason Rudolph tap the brakes there, chief. He's going to make the, he's going to make the roster first. He's got to beat Josh Dobbs before he beats Mason Rudolph. Now I think he will beat Josh Dobbs out mm -hmm. for that number three spot. But it could come down to, you know, a situation where they look at it and say, you know, Dobbs helps the team more during the season. You know what I mean? You know, Dobbs can can simulate, uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson and things of that nature. Um, you know, that your, your third quarterback sometimes is a guy who gives you the best opportunity for practice. Um, so it's, it's all going to be interesting. We'll see. There's there's a lot to play out here. Um, you know, they're going to be four preseason games. These guys are all going to get a shot to show what they can do. 
but Mason Rudolph is going to be the number two quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. And it's going to be Josh Dobbs or Dwayne Haskins as a number three to, to suggest that Haskins is going to somehow going to surpass Rudolph and be number two. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, the things that Dwayne Haskins, because like, yeah, he does have a, he does have a big arm on him, which is good for you know a young quarterback. But a lot of the things that he's gonna have to work his way through are are, are just the the fundamentals, you know, working the footwork, making sure that he's following through with his feet and doing the things that he need, he needs to do professionally to you know perfect his throwing motion and everything that goes into his throwing motion. But also what he needs to do mentally at quarterback, you know, understanding what defenses are doing, understanding what your offense is and what your reads are and where you go and how to respond to different looks and to how to respond when the defense shows one thing at the start of a play and switches to another. That's something that, you know, I had kind of down as a note when, when he was in the, 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 his draft class was that he, when it, when it, when this team, if the defense shows cover one and he gets the matchup he wants, yes, he, he looks great and he, he can fire a pass in when he knows what it is, but in the NFL, you rarely get just straight up you know, preset looks were like, oh, that's definitely what's going to be there. So many teams have become, made it their purpose on defense to show one look and switch to another. And that was something that he struggled with at Ohio State. That's something he still struggled with when he was with Washington. Does he get the chance to fix himself in Pittsburgh? Yeah, sure. This is a the, the organization has more stability. He's got a longtime coach in Mike Tomlin. He's got an organization that, you know, that, that, that generally supports its players and a lot of their players you know, coming out of it, say that was a great family environment to be in. So he has the opportunity to grow here. It just doesn't guarantee that he's going to be taking Mason Rudolph's spot. And Dale, you wrote a whole piece about comparing Mason Rudolph's hit, you know, first, what, nine starts compared to all the other quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round that year. And, and he grades out pretty well compared to those guys. Yeah. I mean, really, when you look at it, the only area where he was uh, in the bottom part of that draft class is a rushing yard. So you have some of the same issues there with Mason Rudolph that you have with Dwayne Haskins in that, um, you know, neither one of them is going to get you a bunch of rushing yards or anything like that. And honestly, if you know, in today's NFL, you're looking for that kind of quarterback. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson. It doesn't have to be right. Josh Allen, no. but they do have to have some running ability. Uh, you know, it just gives defenses something extra to prepare for. Um you know, I, I just think that, you know, when you when you look at Rudolph, um, you know, the, the progression that he's made, can Haskins make that same progression in his third year? He didn't get the opportunity in Washington. And let's face it, Washington was not a good situation, no. uh, you know, for a guy who's from that area, uh, you know, and is a first round draft pick, you know, it may have been a case of being too much too soon for, for him. He may not have been, uh, you know, emotionally ready to handle being the guy. Well, he doesn't have to be the guy here. He, he can sit and learn this year, and, and we'll see what happens with him. But uh, Rudolph's going to be number two. We'll see what happens with number three. Yeah, we'll we'll see what goes on there. And, and again, a big part of what Josh Dobbs does is being Ben Roethlisberger's best buddy. You know, being on the sideline, helping him out. You know, as soon as he comes off the field, when it when it's time to talk about, hey, what happened on that play? What'd you see? And you know, he can give him some backup with the clipboard. And that's something that you know, if Dwayne Haskins can embrace a role where he's helping understand the team more, that could go a long ways to him. You know, keeping a job with the Steelers, even if he doesn't win the number two spot this year, if he's the number three 
three quarterback and they're like, you know what? We liked what you brought. And it, even if Ben Roethlisberger retires next year and they go draft a guy or Mason Rudolph becomes the starting quarterback or whatever happens, if he can prove himself valuable to the Steelers, that can go a long way to him fixing his NFL career. Cause let's face it, it wasn't going too great when he got cut by Washington. So uh, there's a lot of those challenges he's going to have to embrace, but it's going to be about consistently showing up, doing it every day and showing the Steelers that he can be consistent and showing up and preparing and giving his best it's not going to be about if he hits a couple passes in training camp because I guarantee you this Dale we'll be at St. Vincent College this year he'll hit a bomb to chase Claypool or, or, or some you know a backup receiver that people are going to see and then everyone's going to tweet it out and you know there's going to be video of it and people are going to be like look Dwayne Haskins he's the guy but then it's going to if if he doesn't bring that kind of you know, the kind of preparation they need of an NFL quarterback every day, that one pass is not going to be anywhere near enough for him to move up the depth chart for the Steelers. And the Steelers know that, and he has to know that it's just, it's going to take time and patience to evaluate where he's going. Yeah. I mean, I think too many people get caught up. Who's the two, who's the three. The only difference is, is the two is going to be active on game days. Um, and, you know, right now, I, with Dwayne Haskins, you know, let him let him crawl before he walks, right? Or runs, um, you know, let this let this thing play out. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but you'll see what happens too, because we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get some more thoughts on who we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball from Dale. We'll talk about that right after this. Back here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast network. Remember, you can subscribe to this network anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, so subscribe to us, rate us five stars, leave us positive comments. All those things really help out the show and the network as a whole. Now, Dale, talking defense. There's been we, we we got to see a little bit of just what the sidelines were like and what the you know, what guys were doing when they were hanging around. There's still a sense of to at least to me, you know, who's going to be stepping up and becoming some of the the focal points of the defense, at least, you know, in you know, in the locker room, who's going to be the louder voices I really see this as this year as an opportunity for Minka Fitzpatrick um, and uh, and another a few more guys in the defense that are younger to start taking the mantle and start stepping up and being more like the guys that 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 the team rallies around, not just with their style of play and not just what they do on the field, but being the guy that the huddle is around running the conversations, you know, Joe Hayden, when you watch him, when I watch him in training camp, oftentimes when the DVs are hanging out, he's the guy put leading the conversation. Everyone's circling around and he's telling the jokes and, 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 you know, maintaining that culture there. But, and Cam Hayward does that, does that a lot for the defense as well, but there's plenty of young guys that need to step up this year. I mean, Mink has been stepping up, but Cam Sutton's going to get a bigger role in defense. Does Devin Bush take that step? What are your thoughts on just, how you've interacted with some of these guys and the personalities that they have that could turn into being those guys that sort of carry the torch of Steelers leadership on the defense. Well, Chris is tough to say because I haven't interacted with any of them <laughs> on a personal level in, in, well of, in well over a year. 
Um, you know, I, I honestly, people grow, um, you know, over the course of a season, guys who, uh, you know, again, I haven't even been in that locker room in over a year yeah. to, to even see what the dynamics are, are like, but certainly a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a great football player. Uh, you know, the expectation is that he would grow into a more of a leadership role. He's, he's in his third year with the team. Uh, so you'd expect that TJ Watt talked about it last year in his third year, how that was one of the things that he wanted to do. He wanted to become more of a leader in that locker room. So, you know, those are just the kind of things that happen kind of organically within a, within a, an organization. Um, you know, Cam Hayward early in his career, uh, you know, I can remember Cam's first training camp uh, in, in 2011 and they didn't have an off season that year. There were no, uh, because, right. of, because of the lockout and Cam, I think fought every offensive lineman on the team at one point or another in that first training camp. Because they didn't have any, uh, there was no none of the none of the stuff that we just got done with the OTAs and minicamp. Uh, a big part of what they do in those sessions is teach the young guys practice etiquette and how they practice. And so Cam comes in there, you know, a ball of fire, uh, and quite frankly, was pissing guys off. Uh, you know, and so they were going after, hey, this rookie's not going to push me around, or I'm not going to take that from this guy, and. Right. So you end up, you know, in, in some fights, which is what you don't want to happen. You don't want, you don't, you don't want your guys getting hurt fighting each other in training camp. And so, you know, the, some of the veteran guys talk to him and, hey, calm it down there, Rook. And, uh, you know, you, you see the the kind of leader he's grown into. So it's all organic. It, it kind of grows. Some guys can handle it more quickly than others. Um, but I'm not concerned about leadership on this team at all. I mean, I, I think they do a good job of selecting guys with high football character um, mm -hmm. guys who love the game guys who enjoy the game guys who enjoy being around each other so the the you know the, the leadership part of that will come uh, all on its own it, it certainly seems like they've found a lot of guys who do you know love the game of football you know Devin Bush comes off with that kind of attitude again we ain't been in the locker room but just knowing what we've what we've how we've heard him talk about the game how he studied the game how he's approached the game I mean you were you we were you were there for for his for his rookie for his rookie camp when uh he did come out I mean and like they were like wow this, this kid's already like knowing the defense and, and embracing those the, the, the his role in it um those type of things can be kind of gleaned from there but you're right we haven't you know been with these guys in person in oh, a year and a half two years geez, it's tough to think about that, you know, just, just how long that, that stretch of time is. And even when that was, that was the, the 2019 season, Devin Bush's rookie season, uh, when they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger and it was just a completely different team that year. But still, you know, like, like you said, the, the, the Steelers have the foundation in place for leaders to step up, for the culture to kind of exist there. And it's not about someone necessarily creating it. It's about See, you know, seeing guys like Cam Hayward, seeing guys like Joe Hayden, seeing, you know, seeing the guys that have been around for quite some time, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger and being like, hey, th those are the guys that's, that have set the tone for, you know, the past decade or however long that they've been here. And that's the that's what we have to live up to as players in this locker room that want to stick around. 
that's a lot easier to do than when, you know, some teams you need to establish that kind of culture because it hasn't been there for whatever reason, whether they have a new coach, whether they just have stunk for a long time, those are the benefits there. And it does make it easier for people to step into leadership roles. And it doesn't even have to be like, you know, the guy in the middle of the hall, like Joey Porter yelling at everybody. It can just be simply you're setting the example for everyone else. Like, you know, Cam Sutton's a guy who I, I think can be a leader like that, where he may not be the guy that's leading the conversation, but he's the guy that sets the tone and younger players, they want to make the roster. They want to, they, 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 they should work to be like Cam Sutton who found a way to fit into several parts of the defense. Yeah, it's something that can't be forced. I think, again, I think those kind of things happen organically. Um, you know, I think if you try to, to force the issue on that and, and try to act like a leader before before your time, right. um, you know, you could it could turn out, it could blow up in your face. Um, you know, so those things develop. Um, you know, Troy Polamalu wasn't a team captain until his final year with the Steelers. Mm. Um, you know, so... You just kind of have to let it happen. I think that's one of the things when you look at what happened, we, we talked about Dwayne Haskins in the previous segment. A lot of time, young quarterbacks get get thrust into that leadership role before they're ever ready for it. Mm. Um, and, you know, the expectation is, well, he's your quarterback. He's one of your leaders. That's not always a good thing. And, you know, that's why it was so unique when when the Steelers got Ben Roethlisberger that he wasn't forced to, to be – you know, the most outspoken guy on the offense. They had Jerome Bettis. They had Alan Fanica there, guys of that nature, Heinz Ward. Um, you know, so, you, you know, it allowed Ben to just be one of the guys instead of being the guy. Uh, it's, it's always about, you know, the, one of the things you want to do with a young quarterback is build a nest around him, uh, a nest in which he, he, that will help him be successful. Um, you know, good wide receivers, a good running game, you know, solid offensive line, those kind of things, a good defense. Um, that's why I, I'm not really concerned about the next step for the Steelers because they have a lot of those pieces in place. Now you just have to find the quarterback, whether it be somebody who's already on the roster or whether it be, you know, somebody in the draft. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest problems that that young quarterbacks have is that typically they're going to a pretty crappy team. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're going to a team that just wasn't very good. That's how they earned that spot. Two of the guys – Actually, if you look at the, the three young quarterbacks in recent years who've had the most success, uh, that being Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and, and, and Josh Allen, mm -hmm. they went to teams that weren't bad. Yeah, and they went in the middle. Well, uh, Josh Allen went a little bit, but like Mahomes but was they, what, but 15? The Bills, the Bills traded up to get him. Right, that's true. They forgot yeah. they Ma did trade the, up. Yeah. The Chiefs traded up to get Mahomes. Yep. Um, you know, Lamar the, Jackson the, taking it in the back end of the Lamar, first round. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was the final pick of the of the first round. So those guys were going to teams that had talent that they could lean on. Whereas you look at a guy like a Sam Darnold, or you know, or any of these young guys that come in and fail right away or early in their careers, they just don't have that nest around them, um, and so they're thrust into that role. Not only the the playing, just think of a playing quarterback in the NFL is tough enough as it is on its own. But then you're forced to be a leader because, well, you're the quarterback, you know. And, and so uh, a lot of times guys fail at that. That's kind of what happened with Haskins in Washington. I mean, he's thrust into, again, you're the, you're the star. You're going back to your hometown. Uh, the expectations are greater on you than they would be had he gone to, you know, play for the Chargers or something like that. Yeah, there, would have been, there still would have been pressure, but not that hometown pressure. You know, right. so the, you, you, get a, you know, leadership's a funny thing. You have to let it kind of, you know marinate a little bit you can't just thrust somebody into that role tj watt's been a tremendous player for the steelers since day one mm -hmm. 
Um, but it wasn't until last year where he really you know, took on more of that leadership role. It just has to kind of develop organically. No, I agree. I agree. But, but, but again, when you have the organization that has leadership, that has, you know, a good foundation, stability, stability, yeah. exactly. And that allows for that natural organic growth into a leader. And, and also, I think it behooves to yourself to pick from programs that know how to develop those leaders. Minka Fitzpatrick, one of those guys from Alabama, he hasn't tried to be too outspoken, but he's made plays. And now it's getting to the point where he can lead. In fact, one of the first questions of Najee Harris was about leadership when they when the Steelers drafted him. And he said, listen, I, I got to learn how to make plays and be good in this offense before I even try to be a leader. You know, Well, that's and- one of the things I mean, you, you get going into a program like in Alabama where, you know, you go into that into the locker room or into your meeting room. And you're one of six five-star recruits or whatever it is, you know, there, there, there's a pecking order there, right. As opposed to being, and I'm just going to throw this name out there, uh, a guy like Benny Snell mm. and this nothing against Benny Snell, but he was the man from day one right? at, at Kentucky. And so he's talking about, oh, we're going to play Benny Snell football and all the, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, no. No, you know, veteran players see right through that stuff. Like, look, who are you? You haven't done anything yet in the league. Right. Don't come in here talking like that. So, yeah, it's, 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 again, it's that organic growth of that, 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 that really is the most important thing. That's certainly something that we will continue to see play out. And again, a lot of that comes from being patient, watching, seeing how guys take every single day, every single practice. We will see how more Steelers take on those challenges as this year goes on when they report back to training camp in late July. But we got another month until then, Dale. So we got we'll be talking about more things here, getting you ready, uh, you know, for that part of when when we start seeing the pads go on in late July, right here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Dale, thanks as always for being on the show. We are wrapping up the weekend here. We got more shows coming your way this weekend on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast network. I got my H2P podcast coming up tomorrow. Talking about Judah Mintz, the new four-star combo guard recruit out of D.C. that got Jeff Capo landed. You want to hear all the details? First of all, read it on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can subscribe there. We have seven-day free trials if you want to just check it out if you're not already subscribed. Uh, but you can check it out there. And if you want to listen to that podcast, you can do so for free when you subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Again, Chris Carter, Dale Lolly, thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears very soon.